Welcome to Tres Cuentos. Today we begin with the series on Latin American phantoms. Today's cuento was based on the book Folk Tales and Legends from Guatemala by Francisco Arnoya Galvez, published by Piedra Santa Editorial. Stay tuned, because after this story, I will talk more about the origins of the mysterious lady known as the Weeping Woman. And we will finalize the program with one more story, told by a well-known storyteller in the southwest of the United States, that is, Angel Vigil. My name is Carolina Quiroga-Stoltz, and now I invite you to pay careful attention to the following cuento. Perhaps you'll realize that some illusions should never be followed. La Llorona, the Weeping Woman One afternoon, the horseman Don Silvio Carranza y Congora was heading towards his finca, his ranch. When he stopped to contemplate the crystalline and calming waters of the Rio Maria Linda. While absorbed in the weary reflections of his tormented soul, from the corner of his eye, he spotted something unusual. A woman, sitting by the river shore, looking all fragile and lonely. Que pesar. A melancholic halo seemed to surround her, giving to the scene a touch of agony. As she slowly combs her long and wavy black hair, the lady weeps and sobs. <laughs> At first, Don Silvio took her for a vision. It could be the shadows cast by the sunset. In truth, he was getting old. Day after day, the awareness of his own mortality had become a frightful reminder, an admonition that sooner than later he would be called. To confront the sinful turn he gave to his own existence for the life of that drunkard that he greedily had replaced. His horse's ears pricked forward. The beast was unsettled. <laughs> Don Silvio took that as a projection of his own fearful reflections. Or perhaps the animal was tired. They had been riding for a while. Regarding the life that he had replaced four decades ago, one thing was clear. No one had missed Silvio the drunkard. But they all had celebrated the miraculous return and sudden change of this new and sober Don Silvio. Si parece un hombre nuevo! A new man. Taking on the new identity hadn't been easy. When they met, the drunkard was in bad shape. It did not take him long to get the poor bastard to confess his life. The chances to pursue the fraud improved by the discovery that many had not seen in years. The prodigal Silvio, the father's drunkard, couldn't tell the difference. He had cataracts and hard hearing. 
the dying progenitor, only wanted company. As for the brothers, one had died in the revolution and the other one, gone. For an instant, the lady's sobs brought him back to present. Ay de mí! A present, this Silvio, the impostor, had forged for himself. An opportunity not served on a silver platter, as it had been for the real Don Silvio, the drunkard, the bloody bastard that could not stop crying for the death of his love. Not even when fully intoxicated with rum, his executioner choked him. Hide me. Well, now the heartbroken Silvio was buried six feet under. It is uncertain if it was pity or carnal curiosity what made his right foot spurred his reluctant horse. Yet the animal refused to move forward. Don Silvio dismounted the horse and tied him up to the nearest tree. But the animal pulled and neighed. Fine! Stupido animal! Go back to the rancho! I can walk after the deed is done. <laughs> Despite the usurper's luck, recently the man who had been living the life of a dead man had begun to fear the end of it. His pact with the master of deceits was in exchange for wealth, not for eternal youth or immortality. More and more, the impostor had been expecting his judgment to be delivered. Lately, he had envisioned his tormentor to come stumbling down the path, smelling like rum and shouting the usurper's real name. Segundo! Segundo! That is why the pitiable cry of that woman never raised a suspicion. <laughs> the old man closed his eyes. The doctor had recommended to do it when his eyesight had gotten tired. His tired mind could be showing him giants instead of windmills. When he opened his eyes, he realized that the damsel was no angel of justice, no devil collector of past debts. It was just a woman in need. Then why did he hear a distant voice in the back of his head, urging him to stop and go away? Were any angels or ancestors still looking out for him? The older you get, the more you believe in that stuff. As he walked towards the woman, Don Silvio began to feel the excitement, tingling up from toes to waist from hands to brain. It was a sensation almost forgotten. Oh, 
with a refreshing feeling. A woman should never be alone. Using his most gallant tone, so the prey would not be spooked, Don Silvio said, Bejarama, kes lo kesaisaki? All alone. May I be of your service? Puedo ser su pañuelo. What upsets those beautiful eyes? The mysterious damsel silently stood up, revealing her tall, seductive figure through that almost translucent white dress. A Greek goddess, pale and ethereal. Slowly, she raised up her right index, touching her mouth, tilted her head to one side. One last tear rolled down her cold cheek, and a tiny grin suggested a sensual invitation, making those voluptuous lips appeal even more generous. Don Silvio felt he was all she had been waiting for. But then she turned and walked away down the river, from time to time looking back, curiously scanning her devotee. Vamos. The owls called the night. A silent mob of witnesses. The afternoon winds blew loudly, denouncing that all mortal debts were always paid. The lady turned around and began to walk backwards. You could almost hear the grass weeping under her vengeful steps. El viento sopla. The wind's hollow breath plays with her herd locks. They are like tentacles, inviting hands that longed to be held by him. Don Silvio ran to embrace her. A giggle came out of that old carcass. Linda! He felt young again. But as he approaches, she seems farther away. This goddess seems unaware of the dangers behind. The game of seduction is like an old grief, too pleasing to let go. The shadows of a concealing sunset handed to the night the baton of deceit as the river turns. The woman does too. Was she following the river? Or was she commanding a river of souls to flow by her? The slushing and gargling waters began to murmur a different tone. Las aguas devuelven lo perdido. The river is gushing like an accomplice that cannot hold a merciless laugh. <laughs> was it that? Or was it a waterfall surging and plunging down the mountain? It had to be. It was getting cold. This silly game could have a fatal end. He screamed over the noisy waters. Cuidado! 
the lady of his dreams, tilted her head and smiled. Of course, she could not hear him. The woman took another small step back towards the abyss. His desire increased. He had to save her and later possess her. He ran to grab her, to pull her out of danger, to be her champion. As his strong, heroic arms quickly grabbed her, her cold body welcomed him. Oh, what a comforting reward. He smelled her neck, feeling drunk with lust. His blood feels intoxicated with passion. He longs to be consumed. She agrees. Her long, wavy black hair embraces him like a cage. He wants to be her prisoner. She agrees. He's short of breath. This is such an exotic new excitement. She agrees. They are one. She laughs. Oh, until he opens his eyes and realizes he's only holding onto thin air. Ay de mí. The sudden disappearance and later discovery of Don Silvio's bloated body floating down the river can only be explained by the awful and frightening grimace on his face. A man looking like that surely met La Llorona, the weeping woman. What else could it be? Y colorín colorado. Este cuento se ha acabado. Very well, let's talk about La Llorona. In the book Mexican American Literature, published by Harcourt Brace Jovanovist, those who have researched about the legend of this woman disagree of a specific origin, but they do agree that it seems to be a combination of an European and a Mexican Indian legend. La Llorona has been traced to the Greek Medea myth. Others have found similarities with a legendary European story called Women in White, who apparently used to disguise themselves in white to be able to go out during the night freely without being bothered. The most common version revolves around an Indian or a native woman who is betrayed by her deceitful husband, which in many stories the husband is rich, wealthy, comes from a different part of the world. Uh, in some cases, he's Spaniard or Spanish. And in many versions, he had another lady waiting for him, 
who of course was wealthy and same class as him. But then when he comes to the new continent, he meets La Llorona, the weeping woman. When she finds out about his original intention, which was to always marry the first lady, the woman who had already had children with him goes crazy, nuts. She can't stand that. She can't forbid him or stop him from from moving on with his life. And here's when she decides to drown her children, and soon after she dies in remorse. Thus, her restless spirit appears to unexpected people, mostly men, and she's usually seen around lakes or rivers where the drowning supposedly took place. She's often dressed in a flowing white dress, and she's weeping or wailing, grieving the loss of her children. In some stories or versions, due to her crime, she meets the devil, who enlists her in his ranks and sends her back to earth to punish men with evil intentions or men that had had some business with the devil before and now it's time to collect that debt. So she comes and traps them or tricks them to follow her into their own deaths. However, whatever the reason she comes to this world to grieve or to pass some sort of judgment, the story of La Llorona is a cautionary story to keep wandering men and children at home. Very well, dear listeners. We will finalize our program with one more story. And this one will be told by my good friend, Angel Vigil, who is a New Mexican storyteller, also actor, theater director, and teacher, and has won six awards for his books on culture and Hispanic art. You could visit his website, angelvigil.com and check where he will be telling next. The origins of La Llorona are lost in antiquity, buried deep in the cultural memory of a people. There was a river, and by this river was a house. And in this house was a woman, and this woman lived alone because she'd been widowed many years. And she had two kids, a little boy and a little girl. And the mother would go to the little boy and she'd go, Little boy, what are you doing? I've asked you over and over and over again to help me. I'm old. You're the man of the family now. Your, your father's been gone years now, and it's, it's time you grew up and became the man of the family instead of a little boy. Little boy says, but mama, I want to play. And then the mama said, Iho, you listen to me. You go bring in the wood right now. And the mother would look outdoors and go, Iho, bring in that wood. I'm sorry, mama Sita. I'm sorry. Right away, right away. The boy would hurry in with the wood. And then the mother would tell the little girl, Iho, go out and bring in some water from the river. Girl, go get the water, and she'd bring it in, and the bucket was too big for her, and she'd get in the house, and she'd spill the water all over the floor. Eha, I told you, be careful. Now look what you've done. 
It'll be till morning before this floor dries. Look what you've done. I can't frag us, you kids. Go to bed early without supper. Kids would go to bed without supper. Little boy goes, let's do this. Let's run away. If we run away, then we won't cause any trouble for our mommy anymore. Maybe our mommy would find would find a man and be happy and be married again like she was before and, and would be happy. Let's run away. Little girl goes, yes, let's run away. So the kids run and they go down by the river. The little boy and little girl goes, if we're going to run away, we have to cross the river. The little girl goes, oh, I don't know. Mama Sita said, don't cross the river. The little boy goes, hold on to me. I'm older than you. I'm the man of the family now. You come with me. You do what your older brother says. Have respect for your elders. And then in the middle of the river, it got faster and deeper and faster and deeper and faster and deeper. And the little boy and little girl got in deeper water and deeper water. And pretty soon, the mamacita was in the house and she hears, Ah, mama! And when la mama ran to the river, there was nothing there but the little boy's hat on top of the river swirling round and round and round. The mama started crying. Mijo, mija, where are you? Come back to me. But we know this story, they were gone for good. And every day and every night, the mother would go up and down the river crying for her children, crying and wailing so loud. Mijo, Come back. And when you hear that wind by the river and outside by the trees late at night, you know it's La Llorona crying for her children. And if she's not careful, she'll come and get you to take the place of the children she lost in the river. And that's La Llorona. Very well, dear listeners, Tres Cuentos warns you to make sure that your children are home before the sun sets. In our next episode of Legendary Latin American Phantoms, we will meet a young man that tried to play a prank on his drunk father, but the tables were turned on him in a rather tragic and sinister way. Until the next Cuento. Adiós, adiós. Tres Cuentos is an exercise of creative writing, researching, and retelling. This podcast was produced, recorded, and edited by Carolina Quiroga Stoltz. Remember that you can follow Tres Cuentos on Facebook, iTunes, Buzzsprout, and iVox. The music and sound effects were downloaded from the YouTube audio library and freesound.org. The list of credits per songs and the sources of this story can be found in the transcript. Thanks for listening. Adios, adios. <laughs>